Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my soul. Praising my and sisters. We are excited to have you here this morning at Heritage. If you're visiting with us, you are our honored guest. We're delighted to have you with us this morning. We ask that everybody, not just our visitors, but our members as well, would take one of the attendance cards from the back of the queue in front of you, fill that out, and put that in the collection plate a little bit later on in our service. That way we can have a record of your attendance this morning. Our numbers are a little down. We've got some of our youth that are traveling. They're in Pigeon Forge this weekend for a youth conference. They're coming back this afternoon and be back with us tonight. So keep them in your prayers as that group travels today. Let's continue on in our worship service this morning. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cares distress, and the way grows weary and long. Oh yes, he cares, I know he cares, his heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. Does Jesus care when my way is dark 
with a nameless dread and fear. As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does he care enough to be near? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong? When for my deep grief I find no relief, tears flow all the night long. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. <clears throat> sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known in seasons of distress and grief my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's stare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, the joy I feel, the bliss I share of those whose anxious fear strong desires for thy return. With such I hasten to the place where God my Savior shows his face and gladly take my station there and wait for thee, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, thy wing shall my petition bear to him whose truth and faithfulness engage the Since he bids me seek his face. 
If you would turn with me to the book of John, we'll be in the fifth chapter. We're going to start in verse 25 and go through verse 29. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in their tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Let's pray. Father, you are awesome, and your name is great. And Father, just like it says in John, we are ready for you to come soon. We are ready for those who have gone on before us to be raised. We are ready to see them again. Father, we are ready to be with you. We ask you, please, to come soon. Until then, though, Father, please give us an opportunity. I ask you to, to bless every person today. Give them an opportunity to tell people about you and about your son, and about you sending him to die for us so that we'd have a chance to be with you, to be reconciled back to you, Father. God, we love you. Thank you so much for the country that we live in. Thank you for the blessings that we have. But Father, help us to remember that we're to, get, we're to share what we have, that you blessed us with lots of talents, that we should share those as well, that we should give out more than that. Father, we ask that you'll be with the youth that are in Pigeon Forge today. Um, bless their trip back. God, we ask that they, they come back with their hearts on fire. We ask that the message that was, was given there this week or this weekend touch them in some way, Father. And we ask that they come back and there be lights for you. Father, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. And in his name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we sing our next hymn before Steve's lesson this morning. Sweet is the song I'm singing today. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. Trouble and sorrow have vanished away. I have been redeemed, I'm redeemed. My love divine, glory, glory. Christ is mine, Christ is mine, all to him I now resign, I have been redeemed, great is my joy, now is onward I go. Divine Lord. 
glory, glory, Christ is mine, Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I have been redeemed. Precious indeed is my Savior to me. shall be I have been redeemed I'm redeemed by love divine glory glory Christ is mine Christ is mine all to him I now resign I have been There's nothing like a good movie to occupy your time and to do that with other Christians. This coming Friday night, we are going to have a movie night here. If you've ever watched the BBC and seen some of those specials they have on the wildlife throughout the world and the seven continents, especially those marine, the, the marine life, the sharks, the whales, the, the fish of various kinds, the octopuses, the shellfish, that's exactly what we're going to be looking at this coming Sunday, this coming Friday night, is movie night. And uh, take a look there. This, it's called The Riot and the Dance. But the difference is, this particular movie is brought to us at great expense by people that believe in God's Word, believe in God's creation. It's looking at these creatures for what they are. Creatures means they've been created, right? And so this particular film, I think you'll enjoy it a great deal. It starts at 6.30. We are providing popcorn. And if you have some uh, Halloween candy that's left over from, uh, from the, or maybe Christmas candy. I should have said Christmas candy. Just go ahead and bring that. And we can share each other's favorite uh, vices, uh, chocolate and sweet vices. So hopefully you can be a part of that. This coming Friday night at 6.30. And uh, again, popcorn and beverages are provided. We're looking forward to seeing you. Please bring your children as they see what God has created for us. Also, one week from today, Chad and I are going to be introducing what we call March 4th. And this has to do with, if we can have the next slide, March 4th. It's Deacon's Ministry Sunday. And the ministries are about you, about you're finding, and look at the next slide, you're finding your ministry. Find your ministry. Find out what you can be doing in the Lord's church. The Lord has entrusted the kingdom of God to us, and we have a lot of jobs to do, a lot of things to participate in and people to uplift, and you can do that in an organized way. We have our deacons are really fired up about March 4th. Of course, we do this every March it would be nice if it were March 4th every year on a Sunday, but it's not. So on March 8th, we're having March 4th. Please look forward to that for next Sunday. Let me ask you just a moment. Who do you have confidence in? Who, what individual do you place a great deal of confidence? I've been asking members of this church, 
I've asked, who do you trust? Who do you really just have confidence in totally and completely? The large majority said, can't think of anybody I have much confidence in. Of course, individuals said, my husband, my wife, my children, I I trust them. And then I said, is there somebody that if I were to ask them, who do you have confidence in, they would say you. No one, no individual said, you know what, I, I don't think anybody would trust me or have a great deal of confidence. Confidence, who do you have confidence in? In whom do you have great confidence? Somebody you totally trust. I think you're going to be surprised in just a few moments what God's Word has to say about being confident in other people. And that's what today's lesson is all about. Having confidence in each other. But also, basically, in the reading just a moment ago, DJ, as he read, tried to tell you that the Father in Heaven has confidence in his son. In other words, today one individual we need to have total confidence in is Jesus Christ. But what does that look like? How do I have confidence in the Son of God? How do I show confidence in him? I want to reread two of the verses that DJ read, verses 26 and 27, and you tell me if This doesn't surprise you. Jesus is speaking. That's why the letters are read here. He says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Then he said, Don't marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Does that verse scare anybody else besides me? Have I been good enough? Have I done enough good works? Or have I avoided enough evil things in my life to earn what Jesus is saying here? And folks... Jesus is not saying that we need to work harder to earn our salvation. He doesn't say that. But what he does say here is that his Father has turned all judgment over to him. That's what he's trying to get at. I want you to look at what confidence the Father in heaven has in Jesus Christ. Now, in just a few moments as we eat and drink the Lord's Supper, as we eat this bread, as we drink this wine, we're going to be reminded of why the Father has turned all judgment over to Jesus Christ. But let me just stop for just a moment and just reestablish what Jesus was trying to say. Did you see those words? He says, and he has given him authority to execute judgment. You know, growing up, I always thought that judgment was going to be God standing there. You're going to meet your maker. You're going to meet God. But according to what Jesus just said, we're going to stand before somebody and not God the Father. Look with me at Acts 17, and I put this on the screen for us. 
Paul is preaching to people in Athens, Greece, the, the place where people went to get an education to learn all the knowledge, all the mathematics, all the biology, all the zoology, all the, all the sciences were studied there in Athens. You know, Nashville, Tennessee has been called the Athens of the South. Why? Because we have so many universities and colleges and places of learning. Not only degrees in college, but advanced degrees all over this part of Middle Tennessee. And so here, Paul is in Athens, Greece, and he says, The time of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man. Stop right there. A man is going to judge every man, woman, and child. Did you know that? He will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Did you know Jesus is going to be the judge on Judgment Day? Did you know that? And so here this morning, let me just reassure you. Paul says this himself in 2 Corinthians 5 in verse 10. Listen to what he says. For we must all appear before Christ. Other translations, King James Version says, Therefore we must all appear before the judgment seat of Jesus. Jesus Christ is the judge. Jesus Christ is the one that we have to stand before and justify ourselves. The one to whom we must give an answer. Why? Why is that? Because Jesus is what this whole world, this whole universe is about. It was created, Colossians 1 says, verse 15, it was created by him, for him, through him, and in him. In fact, he says, in him we move and live and have our very being. In Christ Jesus. Folks, many people, whenever I talk about the day of judgment... They have some great apprehension. They start getting nervous. Oh no, Steve, this is horrible. I'm going to be judged. I'm going to stand before Jesus and be judged. There's no way. I can't be as perfect as Jesus is. Jesus knows that. But if there's apprehension about things that you're doing, things that you're saying, something has to be done for you to correct the direction of your life. Some individuals are nervous about the day of judgment before Jesus for good reason. They're not right with the Son of God. They haven't confessed His name. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there are some of us in this room right now that are apprehensive about the day of judgment and we should not be apprehensive. We have been given true confidence in the Son of God. Let me get back to this idea of confidence. It's time we grow some confidence in God's Son. It's time that we say, you know what? I know I'm going to heaven. Can you say that? Is it all right to say out loud, I know I'm going to heaven? Say that with me if you believe it. I know I'm going to heaven. I know it. 
I have confidence. And my confidence is not in me and how good I've been. Jesus wasn't saying there, you're going to have to do more good works and stay away from more evil things. But instead, just the opposite. He is saying, have confidence in me. In 1 John 2, down in verse 28, I want you to listen to this. John wrote 1 John so that you and I might have confidence in Jesus Christ. Not ourselves, not our parents, not our children. Those won't get us into heaven. But instead, listen to what he says in verse 28 and 29. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have, there's our word, what is it? Confidence. So that we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If I read this correctly, on the day of judgment, there will be people that are saved that are going to say, oh no, Jesus is coming. He says, you need to have this confidence now, here, today. Knowledge that, guess what? I know that the righteousness of Jesus lives in me. I know that it does. And he goes on, he says, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness, everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Notice, we are confident because of the righteousness in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves. Isn't that amazing? I can be confident in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he's perfect. And I'm not. But he fills my perfection. For just a moment, I, I just want you to look at what John says to these. He calls them little children. He's not being condescending. These individuals are new Christians that John is writing to. This is the same John who wrote the Gospel of John. He also wrote the book of Revelation. And there are three little letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. That's five different books of the Bible are written by this guy named John. And he writes to these people. And his, his goal is for the, the, that these little children should obtain this goal. The goal that he wants them to have is the goal of being daring Christians and confident Christians. Next week, we are going to be talking about, here Chad and I are going to be studying the idea of marching forward as God's people. That means we need to be daring people. We need to be confident individuals and not confident in ourselves, but in confident in the one who lives in us. Remember the last words of Jesus in Matthew? Jesus said, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teach them to, secondly, obey everything I've told you. And I am with you, what? Always, even to the end of the world. Jesus is with every baptized believer in Christ. That's why he said, go make disciples, baptizing them, and then teach them to obey whatever I've told you, apostles. He says, and I'm going to be with you. That word confidence, it means being frank. It means being blunt. Do, do you know somebody that's very public about all of their opinions? Have you ever met somebody like that? You meet them and, you know, if there's a lull in the conversation, they bring up their favorite subject. And 
where I grew up down in Georgia, it was either guns or dogs. I don't know how they, that, those came to be popular. I had a wedding in Alabama last night, so saw more uh, people talking about guns and dogs down there. I felt like I was at home in Alabama at that wedding, listening to people talk. People are very frank about something that they're confident in, something that they're, they don't mind being daring about. They just bring the subject up. That's what God wants. God wants us to, and that's what John was writing. He wants these people to be daring. And in the Bible, as soon as the Apostle Paul was baptized, in Acts 9 and verse 27, it says, Paul, as soon as he was baptized there, he turned around and he started preaching the Word of God immediately. Did you know that? After the scales fell off and then after he was baptized by Ananias, he got up and started preaching immediately Jesus Christ. Right there in Acts 9, verse 27. Also, John's trying to tell us to be bold and audacious. In Hebrews 3, in verse 12, there the Apostle Paul writes, he says, he says, go and ask the Father for audacious things. Ask God to do those things. Did you know that our prayer lives need to be very confident? We need to be praying audacious things as God's people. In other words, we have bold access to God the Father. And also, we need some bravery. Bravery in Hebrews 4, in verses 4 through 16. He says, with great bravery, every day go past he says, go past the veil in the temple. Do you remember what happened when Jesus died on the cross? That temple was torn in half. Do you remember that? And this is exactly what Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 is talking about. The veil of the temple has been torn apart. And the most amazing thing is that it was torn apart from top to bottom. It wasn't a couple of people at the bottom tugging at the veil. It was God himself saying, shh ripping that veil and making public access to anyone to the holy of holies in the temple. That's what Hebrews 4 is all about, that we need to pray audacious things. That's our goal, and that's John's goal in this passage, that we not be ashamed. In other words, that we have courage and faith. We have courage. We're courageous individuals. In Luke 16, verse 3, there's a steward. There were three stewards. One was given five talents. One was given two talents. One was given one talent. Remember those three guys? And the guy that had five, he worked real hard, and he made that ten for his master. And the one that had two, he worked hard, and, made, and he took his two, and he gained two more talents for his master. But what happened to the one steward? There in Luke 16, he says, I'm so afraid. I, I better take this talent. I better bury it so I don't lose it. And then I'll, I'll give it back to my master. And that's what he did. And the master said, you lazy servant. You weren't courageous. You weren't bold. Folks, Jesus is talking to each one of us this morning that we need to have courage and faith in him and not because of who we are but because he is in us and he can accomplish whatever through our lives each and every day this morning 
John has a solution for our, uh, our obtaining this courage and faith. It's in the word abide. John talks about abiding in the confidence in Christ Jesus. And that's what we are all about. We need to trust in ourselves. But something else we need to do, we need to trust in other people. We need to trust in other Christians. Folks, one of the most daring things you can do is trust people that are sinners. That's right. Jesus has entrusted his confidence to us. Has it ever bothered you that in choosing the 12 apostles, there was one apostle that didn't deserve to be an apostle, or so we think? Do you think Jesus knew that there would be one guy that was no good? Yeah, he knew. Jesus knew who it was from the very first day. He knew that Judas, why did he call him? For a very good reason, so you and I would understand. Jesus chose 12 sinners, not just one sinner. The other 11, did they ever complain? Did they ever doubt? Yeah. Yes, they did. But only Judas Iscariot went and buried his talent. Only one. The other 11, they tried their best. And the Lord worked through them and all the people that were healed, all the people that were taught by those other 11 apostles. Folks, this morning the call is not to ask you, don't make mistakes in your ministry. That's not the point of the lesson. Have confidence in the one that's within you. He is is the one that's within you. In 1 John 2 and verse 24, John writes these words as we close. Therefore, let that abide in you which, we, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Father and in the Son. Two high school boys were studying together and one of the boys' grandmother was in the same room as those boys were visiting, and she was reading her Bible. One of the boys turned to his friend, he said, what's up with your grandmother there? She's, every time I see her, she's reading the Bible. And the grandson, the other boy said, I think she's cramming for her exam. <laughs> Folks, we need to be cramming for the exam and here's the source for that examination, God's Word. You see, we have to abide in the words of Christ. But not only that, we have to abide with the body of Christ, other Christians. We need to trust other people. Steve, I, I don't think I can trust people, even, even at church. I, I just don't think I can trust those folks. Folks, you trust people that are sinners all day long. You can't drive down Matt Catcher Boulevard at 55 miles an hour and not trust that the people in that oncoming lane are going to stay on their side of the highway. You trust them each and every day. And I trust people that are not feeling well to cough into their arm. And I want them to not sneeze in my direction. And I want them to stay home from work when they're sick. I trust people every day. I don't know the individuals that make all the drugs and all the all the antiviral medications that I hope that are coming out for this 
virus that's heading this way, heading all over the world. I don't know those people, but you know what? I trust they're going to do their best. I trust and I have confidence every day in other people. And we need to start trusting each other as Christians. You cannot live in this world without trusting and having confidence in other people. That's why Jesus chose Judas Iscariot. To show you have a choice. Steve, you have a choice. You have a choice to abide in me and I in you. And that's how you get the confidence in Christ Jesus. Trust in him, not in us. This morning, I'm still studying for my exam, are you? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ? Have you been washed? And are you abiding in him? And are you fully trusting each hour? Do you have confidence in his people? And his plan, his church, his body. This morning, will you come and be a part of it all and be washed in Jesus' blood through baptism as we stand together and sing? I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for his own. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus, all of my troubles, he is a kind, compassionate friend. If I but ask him, he will deliver. Make up my troubles quickly and in. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus. a medley of a couple of songs here to prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper.
While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee for this day and the opportunity we have to come here and worship you. We thank you for this portion of our worship service where we honor and celebrate the death and sacrifice that your son made on the cross. 
We thank thee for the bread which represents his body that suffered on the cross. We pray that we may partake of it in a worthy manner. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee for the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross, through which we have cleansing from our sins and forgiveness. We pray that as we partake of the fruit of the vine, which represents that blood, that we may do so in a worthy manner. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more money into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee for the church and for the programs and ministries it has. We pray that it may, they may be used to further your will. We thank thee for the opportunity we have to give a portion of our money today to support those programs and to support the church. We pray, Father, that we may give with the generous spirit of the wood in the story. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So before Dave gets up here and gives us the rest of our announcements, I have a really quick but exciting one. Um, last week, um, Adam and Jocelyn and uh, Jonathan Bentley were here um, to work with us and um, to try out for our youth and family ministry position. And after taking into consideration uh, the youth and family committee and the kids, um, after they taught them on Sunday, we have offered them the position and the Bentleys have accepted um, so they will be here soon. Uh, we're still, we, we don't have an exact start date yet because we're working out logistics with them. Um, they've got to find a house, obviously, and some other, some other places to be. Um, so I have two asks of you um, to think about over this week. The first is, um, as they are looking for a place to stay here, um, they need a place to crash uh, for a little bit. And so if you have in your heart that you want to do that, that you want to give them a, a place to stay for just a little bit, um, they're happy to stay on your couch or, you know, wherever else that you have. The second thing is, um, if you have a place uh, for rent, or if you know of someone who would like to rent out a place, um, please come see me or one of the elders or Eric. Um, <clears throat> but we would... Uh, we're really excited to have them here. They have done ministry everywhere from uh, actual Mexico City um, to Portland. Um, they're really into missions. And truthfully, they, want, they are about making disciples who make disciples. So we're really excited to have them here. The kids already know about it. They're up in Pigeon Forge. We've been texting about it. So just want to let everybody know before Dave gets up here. Thank you. morning. So I just have a couple of announcements. Um, first of all, 
you should have a bulletin. If you don't have a bulletin, you're, you're missing out on a few things. Uh, one change, and I'm looking to see if it's in the bulletin Steve just gave me, uh, but I don't see it in here, is the older, wiser, laughing saints, Al's game day, will be at the Blackman's Wednesday, March the 18th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So that's a change. Uh, the other announcement that I have is about Karen Burchett, your, uh, your daughter. Uh, Amanda had a baby, and the baby's name is Grace Elizabeth. And so uh, that's good. But uh, Amanda is, is having some difficulties after her pregnancy, so we need to keep her in our prayers. Uh, and besides that, are there any other announcements? Oh, actually, one other announcement I need to make sure you no make a note of. The y big yellow box that's in your uh, um, bulletin about the uh, Congregational Spring Festival at, on, the April, on April the 18th. Please uh, make a note of that and put that into your calendar. If there are no other announcements, let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have given us, and we thank you for the opportunities we have to come together and assemble, Lord. Lord, we know that it's not this way throughout the rest of the world, that many suffer in your name's sake, and we pray, Lord, that you uh, lift the burdens from them and that you'll help them and, and be with the leaders of those lands that, uh, that persecute them and let them know that through you all things are possible and that... Uh, you are uh, the only true and living God. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've blessed us here with here at Heritage. We pray that you'll continue to watch over every single member and continue to give us health, Lord, and, and, and most importantly, to continue to give us opportunity, opportunity to show that we are good and faithful servants and that it is our time you'll welcome us home. Thank you, Lord, once again for all that you have done. Be with Amanda and, and uh, help her as she recovers. Uh, from her pregnancy and, and, of course, be with baby Grace. Thank you, Lord, for all the new uh, life that we inject here and, and continue to be with our, our youth and family program and our new youth and family minister and his wife. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.